Greetings from your host Ken Wang. This is the Badger Herald podcast. Today, our guests for the podcast are all UW students who are passionate about sustainability and being more eco-friendly. They're here to talk about their experiences, what they do in their daily lives to be more sustainable, their thoughts on some current policies, and what tips or advice they have for students to reduce their carbon footprint. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. So before our uh, discussion really starts today, would you please uh, briefly introduce yourselves, your your name, your major, and some you know fun facts. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Ken, for inviting us on today. I'm Jacob Wright. I go to school here at UW Madison. I'm a sophomore, and I'm studying dietetics, nutritional science, and global health on the pre-RD and pre-MD track. I guess something interesting about me is currently I work at UW Health in the clinical nutrition department, and I'm also starting to write my own book, which is about like the anthropology and cultural aspirations of indigenous cultures and how it's evolved throughout like history. That is super cool. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. My name is Olivia Dykeman. I'm a freshman this year and I'm majoring in environmental science. And I'm actually currently the sustainability coordinator assistant for the housing and dining. So I've been doing a lot of work with the move out and trying to coordinate that and make it as sustainable as possible. My name is Zaria Romero, and I'm a sophomore this year at Madison. My ma- I'm majoring in psychology and conservation biology. And a fun fact about me is that I strive to live a zero waste lifestyle, even though that's very difficult. So it ends up being more of a low waste lifestyle. And I'm also a project manager for a student organization called Enactus. And we're planning a project to make Move Out more sustainable. So if you're interested, everyone listening, we have a Facebook group called UW Madison Move Out Marketplace. And this is just going to be a Facebook group to facilitate students connecting with each other and selling and buying items so that we have less waste on the streets. That's super cool. Thank you, Ken, for having us. Uh, my name is Kari Hostler. I am a freshman. I'm currently double majoring in geography and environmental studies, and I plan on picking up a certificate in sustainability. I guess some a fun fact about me is I helped start an environmental club at my high school, and my family and I have a compost in our backyard, which I'm pretty proud of, actually. That's great to hear. You know, you guys are obviously passionate about per- protecting our environment. Jake, that's awesome. You're starting a book. I wish you the best of luck in it. Zaria, Olivia, you guys are, you know, from what we guys have just said, you guys are definitely involved in campus in reducing waste. And Kari, thank you for starting that club because I feel like it's very important for, for young people to get started early and to be educated on environmental issues if we really want to make a change. So, you know, to sum up, you guys are awesome. And I'm very happy to have you guys here to have this conversation and speaking of your passions and you know how much how dedicated you guys all are to this issue what are some of your biggest environment environmental concerns right now and why one of my biggest concerns at the moment is during this entire pandemic of like with COVID-19 I feel like sustainability has kind of been thrown out the window in some cases 
And obviously that makes sense for a lot of scenarios where we need to use single use things to prevent the spread of COVID-19 and keep people safe. But I'm just really looking forward to a time when we can start prioritizing sustainability and making environmentally conscious efforts back into everyday life because I see some of the trash that's accumulating and I just think about all the waste that's coming from like just our masks in general just like there's going to be such an overflow of disposable masks that we have like what's going to happen to those I just can't wait until we can kind of prioritize that a bit more. So I'm in environmental studies for to this semester and it's called green urbanism. So I've been learning a lot about just kind of the ways like how cities have grown in like sustainability in cities. And I have to right now I'm doing a research paper on New York and London and kind of the ways because sea levels rising and like as we're kind of coming up to like wildfire season, this like every season is getting progressively worse and we are going to the effects of like the natural disasters and stuff we're going to experience are just going to continue to get worse. And it's kind of frustrating to see how like we like not only have to work like a lot of our like lackluster policies and environmental protection kind of enforcement that we have in place. We have to not only try to get make that better while simultaneously protecting people, because like, let's be honest, like the coasts are going to be underwater. And I've kind of found like talking to a lot of people they don't like it doesn't click that people don't realize this is about to affect us and that's kind of just i think just like the sense of urgency that like isn't there is something that i find very like alarming because like it's gonna eventually like down the road it's gonna affect all of us and that's something that i think like we need to like not that i want to fear monger and make people scared but like people need to realize that it's not just like a distant thing it's gonna affect all of us and i think that would then enact changes across like a wider scale. And I think that's something that I think is like one of the first things that has to be addressed. Yeah, kind of building off of that, I think one of the biggest issues right now is that a lot of people aren't educated about what our actions are causing in the environment and how destructive they actually are. And I think this is because people see the human world and the natural world as two separate things and not that we're all connected and that we impact each other. And even like across countries, like, you know, one country's like regulations on air pollution affects everybody. If there's no regulation on it, there's going to be more greenhouse gases in the air because, you know, like gases don't know, like, country lines or boundary lines, they, it just, they go wherever. So I think the biggest, one of the biggest issues right now is for people to be educated and see that we impact the environment greatly, which I think is people don't realize. Something kind of that just like randomly, again, I saw this on Instagram kind of and stuff, but like the Memphis pipeline and like a lot of something that needs to be addressed too is how a lot of like environmental policy, it's very similar to kind of like gerrymandering, like disproportionately affects like communities with um, a lot of POC and stuff. And like a lot of the environmental effects are like disproportionately affecting like third world countries as well. And that's something that I think is extremely important because these communities and countries that really haven't been doing a lot of like what the US and like a lot of what like Chicago or like affluent suburbs have been doing are being forced to like face the negative effects like you can see stuff like this in like Flint and like just a lot of lower income communities that are already like facing like adverse situations and stuff like that's something that I think is like just as important I mean obviously as like protecting the planet and stuff but making sure we're not hurting people you really hit like the nail on the head right there I totally agree with that you really hit the issue of that we think that everything is just new like all these issues are new and it's not 
It's not at all. Like the communities, POC, people of color and other people from quote unquote third world countries and developing countries, they've been dealing with these issues for so long in such sustainable techniques. I think that's really prevalent in, there's two really good books. It's uh, Stolen Harvest by um, Bandana Shiva. And also I really like Braiding Sweetgrass by uh, Robin Wall Kimmerer. And she actually went to UW and for sustainability. And now she has a doctorate in botany, I think. And she does a lot of connections connecting basically the natural world to our modern world. And that we need to understand that symbiotic experience that we are not human in nature, that there's there, there needs to be an interconnectedness. And I think that the biggest issue that we're facing in society right now is that we think that these are all new and novel things that we need to change. But we have all the answers here. Our, our world has been going on for so long. And even if we are gone, it will keep going on and it will heal itself. So we need to understand how to use the world to our advantage and use mother nature, quote unquote, to save ourselves if we want to, because society is going to go on, like all the creatures are going to go on whether we're here or not. Wow, you guys made some really, really great points. I think there are two issues being discussed here. The first is, is this public awareness of things. Uh, a lot of people think it's new. And what's been shocking is a lot of people even don't know that these issues existed or think that environmental issue is not closely related to their daily lives. Now, thinking about all these, you know, big picture issues, and obviously we're, we're all doing, you guys, I believe, are doing the best you can to, to reduce your own carbon footprint. So what are some things that, that you do in your daily life to be more eco-friendly or practice sustainability? This is like a very small thing. And like, this is kind of something random, but I, so I like coming back to campus from home, I had like a bunch of little like lush containers. Cause like, you know, like it's like a beauty brand lush. They give you like these little containers. I, this is probably bad for my skin though. So like I washed them out, like when I was done with them, because if you collect five of their little tubes, they'll give you like a free face wash. So I just put like, there's like some packages like of like my Cetaphil face wash is like kind of big and kind of hair like hard to carry and like travel with. So I like pumped it into like my old, like an old, like little lush tube. And I tried to do that. Like I've been trying to like reuse packaging and stuff because like recycling is like a very broken process and stuff. I mean, that's not necessarily my carbon footprint, but that's something I try to do. Like just reusing things and like upcycling things is something I try to do to be sustainable. Yeah, I think that's great. And honestly, something that a lot of people don't think about is that reusing and upcycling kind of this reduce, reuse, recycle mindset. I feel like a lot of people just jump to recycle instead of just like, oh, can I reduce this? Like, what can I do to do that? Can I reuse it? How can I reuse this? And then recycle. Cause like, as you said, recycle, the process of recycling is very broken. Like only like 9% of what is recycled is actually recycled which is awful. But yeah, I think that's great. Something that I do, this more applies to like pre-COVID times, I would always bring with me like reusable utensils, a reusable bag for shopping, coffee thermos for getting coffee, like a reusable one, and then bringing a container, my own container, if I was like going out to eat, and also a reusable like cloth for for drying your hands after you wash them. So those are just some of the things I do. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Kind of on the same path is what what I try and do. Well, first of all, I'm vegan. So I've been vegan for a few years. So I really try to minimize my carbon emissions through my food. That's one thing that I found that's like very sustainable for me, sustainable like in the long run to pursue. Another thing that I've really tried to focus on over COVID and the last year is it has been so easy to just want to go on Amazon or any like online thing and buy whatever you need for any situation. And I've really tried to minimize the amount of things that I purchase just overall. So like if I need a piece of clothing for a certain event, I just won't buy that certain thing, even though it would be the perfect thing for the moment. I'm just trying to use what I have and reduce buying things so I can overall make less of an impact on the earth in that way. I really like that, Olivia. If you do need to buy things on Amazon, as in like some people just aren't able to access other, like if they're in food deserts or whatever have you, if you actually do smile.amazon, it can, it's actually donates a portion of all sales to any charity of your choosing. So, and one of those charities could be a carbon offsetting some sort of community or corporation. So that's a really great idea. Also, I really like the idea of upcycling. Um, Zara, you had said you had said around nine percent, and uh, new sociological data is coming out to say now it's less than one percent, because due to the fact that we have actually been shipping all of these recycled materials out to third world countries so that they can do it for us, but since that they don't have regulation and rules there on recycling policy, it oftentimes just goes to waste anyways. So I think that that's a really big issue that we need to deal with. Other than that, I feel like my way of personally reducing my carbon footprint is I really like the community pharmacy out on State Street here in Madison. I know that they are moving, which is really sad, but you can still get their stuff online too. I do know that. But they have a lot of like, you can bring in your own container, even with COVID right now, and you can fill up your own soaps and laundry detergents and that kind of thing. And also I personally use like a, like a hemp made loofah. So that's pretty cool because uh, it's all sustainable materials with my bar of soap and a conditioner bar. So that, that really helps with single use plastics. Other than that, I think that the biggest issue to reduce your overall carbon footprint is honestly doing things like this and making yourself an active voice in the community because like we said before it's not it's it's not that this is new information it's just that we need to get the information out there that we need to tell our policymakers tell our friends that these are issues and that these issues need to be addressed and going to things like for say i am working with the food insecurity department for the state of wisconsin that they need to know that people, young people care about these issues and that we need to make a change for our life because they're all old white men and they're going to be gone in 20 years from now. But I'll still have to be here. My kids will still have to be here. I have to deal with it. So therefore, you need to try and make your change now. Building off of both Jacob and Olivia, you guys both had a bunch of really good stuff to say, but it just reminded me of something I had like watched a video about a while ago, like last year when I was like in the club, like at my school, I remember talking about this and it's something that after I learned this, like I try to do this because I am a very impulsive spender and I like Olivia, like to just buy things online and I love shopping and spending my money. It's a terrible habit, but like 
same day shipping, like what, like Amazon Prime and stuff, that's actually the, the carbon footprint in comparison to like normal shipping is like significantly higher because not only is like, are you sending out like more trucks and like, you're like sending out like more, but you're using more boxes to send out less things. You're not filling trucks or sending out more trucks or using a plane, like expedited shipping has like a significantly worse impact on the environment. So as much as it like pains me because I like to have things and I want them now, I've been trying to like, just like when I order things, I try to order like like I'll make a list if I know I have to order stuff online, I'll make a list of it and then I'll just order it in one order. So I'm not getting a bunch of expedited shipping things to my house or because I live in Madison, I'm from like a suburban town in Illinois. I would typically have to drive to the store and stuff. If I'm in Madison and I know there's a place I could walk to to get it, I'll just do that. I mean, I need my steps anyways, but like we don't like, it's something kind of small, but I wanted to put it out there because I think that's something that a lot of people could easily do. Like, oh, I can wait two days for my pack of socks. Like, Yeah, I think that's a great point to one, order all your things that you need at the same time from the same place. And also, yeah, if you don't need it right away, just wait a little bit. One thing I also wanted to add, if people listening are interested in this to shop more sustainably, which I think is one of the one of the biggest things and one thing that creates a lot of waste. Just some tips that I have for, I guess, like your personal life, that kind of stuff. The Package Free Shop. I love that place. They have so many sustainable alternatives and like zero waste swaps to like everyday items. And also just for buying clothes, you can go to like thrift stores or there's so many like apps for like thrifting, like Depop, Poshmark. I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot of stuff like Facebook Marketplace. All of those are great. And if you can't buy anything thrifted or secondhand, something that I like to do, I try to do is to buy items that are either non-synthetic fibers. So like cotton, hemp, linen, those sorts of things, or items that are like not plastic. Like if you look for like wood or metal alternatives, like all those are good. So those are just some other tips. Kind of adding on like to exactly like what you were saying. If you want to like, if you're out shopping, B Corp certified is a certification that companies can get that they've like kind of proven themselves to be to a certain environmental standard. It's it's literally like a little B and it'll be like B Corp. Like you can see that on a lot of products and stuff. Like I know Clean Canteen, Clean Canteen has B Corp certification, but like Hydroflask doesn't. So if you're ever out and like you need something and you're like looking at two things, you can look for that certification kind of to be like, oh, this company's like, it's not a, like they're more sustainable. I know like 1% for the planet is on their own, but B Corp certified is usually something you can like look out for and like target or something and be like, oh, like I'm buying something that's sustainable. Awesome. You know, I know you guys are keep saying that this is the small things that you do. And I would encourage you to, to even think of this way that there's no small things when it comes to preserving the environment. Exactly for what Jake said earlier, that those politicians, they're just a bunch of old white men, right? They're not gonna be here anymore, but we are. Our our generation and generations after that, I think that's also something that's often ignored by a lot of people is that they don't realize, you know, the next generation, what happens to them. So speaking of which, I'm wondering if there are organizations you're involved with, any community events you have participated in or anything else like that that spoke about it and, and some of your thoughts. Yeah, I think a really good organization right here on campus is just the Office of Sustainability. And they have about six to 10, I 
think even 12 like affiliated organizations or clubs on campus that you're able to get involved with. I'm personally involved with the Sustainability Club, which is pretty cool. I love them. And happily, it's Earth Earth Day that's kind of turning into an Earth Week kind of thing, fourth annual. I know that a sustainability club is giving away a free plant, which is pretty cool. Cut down on carbon emissions. You get a bunch of phytonicides, which is like the chemical that makes you happy from them and the geosmin from the the chemical from the dirt, which makes you happy too. Those are two pretty good organizations on right here on campus. Other than that, I would say if you would look into the public transportation system right now here in Madison, they're ranked number one in the nation for safety and reliability, but right now they're 46 in accessibility, convenience, and they are talking about their sustainability practices right now. So I think that would be a great organization to get involved with to try to be a more active voice and try to uh, change our gas-powered busing systems that we all use into something that's electric or something that's more sustainable, solar-powered, because uh, large, large cities like Philadelphia or Chicago, they they're leading the way for that. And we need to step up our game. Another great club on campus is the ASM, Associated Students of Madison Sustainability Committee. I am on that committee. And the way that that works is everybody in the committee gets to be on a different campaign that's working towards a different initiative on campus. So you can really try and make a difference on campus with a group of other students and work towards, you know, making it a better place to live. So I was on a committee where we were trying to work on the food that was presented on campus, trying to get more vegan options and highlight the vegan options and vegetarian options on campus with like low emission kind of signage on campus. Another great one is FH King Student Farms. They are a farm on campus. It's a club where you can be involved with the production of crops that are then dispersed to the students on campus. It's a really great way to get involved. And there's just so many opportunities. And I think, I mean, I think the Office of Sustainability, like Jake mentioned, does have a list of other sustainable focused clubs on campus as well of a group called Enactus. And this group isn't specifically designated for environmental sustainability, but there are different project groups that do different things. So like I said before, I'm the project manager for a project that's reducing waste for move out. And there's another project um, called Soul Solutions that is getting solar panels installed at like the bus stops. And also for Enactus, if you have a project idea or some sustainable idea or project, you can come to the meetings and propose that. And that could possibly be picked as one of the projects that we focus on. So I was in the ASM Sustainability Committee last semester. I couldn't do it this semester because I had classes on Thursday evenings and it ended up being a schedule conflict. But I can also speak well on them. I was in the Sustainability at Home Committee. It's a great organization. They do 
a lot of great things. I'm currently in Amnesty on their sustainability campaign, and we've just been putting together like a, pre- a climate presentation. And we kind of work with um, like phone banking and stuff. So that's Amnesty is a great organization overall. And they have we have other like facets of Amnesty International. Like there's a Women's Justice Committee, and there's a lot of other committees you can join, but they're great as well. I know I've heard about Clean Wisconsin. I haven't personally been able, been able to attend one of their meetings, but they post a lot of really great petitions, and they do a lot of good work to get clean energy on campus because I know. We have an issue with not sourcing from the greatest of sources, but I've also heard of reworn someone. So I'm in Tri-Delta and someone in my chapter had spoken about it, but it's a club that's kind of focused on like shopping sustainably and like being fashion, like getting like being into fashion while also being like sustainable about it because fast fashion is obviously a horrible industry for the planet. And I haven't been able to go to a meeting yet, but I think that's like a super awesome club that could definitely like, I think they deserve traction. And that's like a very cool concept, especially for college students. Awesome. As the discussion goes on, you know, you guys touch down student orgs, meetings, agendas, projects, petitions, and all which point to the policies. So what are some environmental policies that you would like to see implement, implemented? I know that we have touched on, you know, getting social solution, you know, electric buses. But besides that, what are some other policy initiatives that you would like to see the government implements or a campus? I think we had kind of talked about buses earlier, like the bus, like Jacob had talked about like the transportation industry in Madison and stuff. And I think it would be interesting to theoretically, because I haven't looked into the specifics of it, but I like, I bet there is like some way to like kind of enact like public transportation, such as like maybe like rideshare services to like require them to use electric vehicles, because I think the transportation industry has the highest carbon footprint of any industry. And I think by starting with trying to attack our transportation and maybe like our major cities and getting that completely carbon neutral, I think that would be an interesting way to kind of like lower our carbon footprint significantly. And like, it would actually save money. Like I've been doing research into like, it would save money in the long run. Cause I did a, I did a paper on this, but like, I don't know. I've also in Hong Kong, they implemented a tax on people who use gas vehicles. So I don't necessarily want to advocate for that now because a lot of people use gas vehicles. And I think that would be slightly like unfair, but it would be cool to see if city officials and stuff, like maybe even in Madison could like start to kind of require like Uber or Lyft, or maybe even start to work towards getting an electric bus system. I think that's pretty interesting, uh, the Hong Kong tax. I think there's a lot of other countries like in the EU that rather than taxing the gas, rather they incentivize going carbon neutral. So uh, oftentimes when you get like a like a Tesla or an electric car or something that is a little more like a hybrid or something like that, like you get a certain percent off of the actual car price so that it's actually incentivizes you to buy that car instead. I think that another issue that we need to talk about is that Tony Evers is right now, as of 2021, he is proposing the 100% Wisconsin's electricity to be clean by 2050. And I really hate this number that people keep throwing out 2050, 2050, because that's not sustainable at all. Because our population is is estimated to be doubled by 2030. That's not far off at all. And so if double the amount of people are going to be on this earth because of like that longitudinal growth and the exponential growth that we need faster changes by not 2050. We need like 2025. And it's not an issue of that. We don't know how it's an issue of large corporate, large corporations that are dragging their feet to try to find loopholes and to be able to try to figure out how they can mess up with the system. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point that we're focused too far in the future. Like we need to start making changes now. And like a recent IPCC report said that there's going to be like catastrophic consequences by 2030 if we don't change anything now. So 2050, that might be great, but we might not even be here (laughs) by that point if we just keep on the trajectory that we are now. Something that I think would be important, like important policies would be for corporations and businesses to like, sorry, I'm trying to think about how to articulate this, like, I guess, provide the sustainable options. So it's not on the consumer to decide oh, this one, this product is sustainable, this product isn't. It needs to already be the sustainable option because a lot of people aren't thinking about what is sustainable, what is not, how can I reduce this? And if they are, like that takes a lot of energy from the consumer. So I think those need to be provided and not expected for the consumer to decide which one they should choose. Yes, that is such a good point. I feel like the main thing that we're all kind of fighting for is for sustainability not to even have to be a choice. Like sustainability is the default and it's off of the person to even think about it. And one thing that kind of like triggers my memory when I think of that is like when you think of plastic bag bans in different states, to me, banning single-use plastic bags just seems like the lowest hanging fruit of all time, yet that we can't even have that. I think right now we only have it in like eight states, but that could be like the first step into taking the consumer's choice out of the equation in terms of making environmental differences. I think that's really interesting. I totally agree that we need to... We need to change from ma- making the consumer being like have to make the cons- decision to making the government and the corporations make that decision for us. And that talks a lot about like food insecurity and just like people of color, minority groups that they are systemically like the systemically racialized and minority groups of people that don't have as much, don't have the the historical means to buy more expensive things because of our systematic oppression in America and across the world, that it's it's really hard to make the consumer say, I need to go buy this $10, $5 reusable bag because I can't afford that. And so I have to use this plastic bag. And so that's really sad that we are, and we're guilt tripping them into feeling that they're doing something wrong, but they're not doing something wrong. It's the system. Everything you said, I love. And I just, I'm just slightly building off of that. I'm not really adding much to it, but it's kind of like messed up to see that like we like, I mean, like everyone knows that like bold statistic of like corporations are responsible for like 75% or like three quarters of like, the carbon footprint in the globe, but we push all of this kind of like eco guilt onto the consumer. And like, like you were saying, sustainability is a privilege. It is a privilege to go and buy a 50, like as opposed to getting like a $10 jacket from Target or something, it's a privilege to go buy a $200 jacket from Patagonia that was ethically sourced. That's something. And that's kind of why I talked about why I don't necessarily want to advocate for pushing a tax on consumers because most people 
in the U.S. right now can't afford electric cars. And I know there was something in like San Francisco where they were kind of in the Bay Area where they were kind of implementing, they're giving credits to people if they have a certain, like a very old, like a car from like the 80s or older. That's like, because obviously like those are emitting like more, like it's not working as well. It's emitting a little bit more carbon and stuff. They're like giving people, they're trying to pay people to do it because like you can't just be like, yeah, like go like switch your home to solar when that's something that like most people can't afford. And I think that's something and by kind of getting for the government to, if they started acting on the companies instead of the people, we could kind of see the prices. And that's like the prices on all these sustainable things would go down and people would feel less guilty, which is stupid. They shouldn't feel guilty. We have a very minute, like we have an effect, but it's a very like minimal effect. And it's just, it's kind of frustrating to see all this. And the, even like the concept of like the individual carbon footprint was coined by BP actually to kind of push it back and be like, Hey, you're destroying the planet, not us, even though we just dumped a bunch of oil in like the sand, like in the bay and in the ocean. Like, it's just something that I think the government should like, like, like we're all saying, like, that's very important. I totally agree. And it, it's like when they, they are psychologically making you think that you are an active participant in your decision. But if you go to a grocery store and they only offer you five options, they chose your options for you. Yes, you get to choose out of those five, but they chose out of the thousands of options they could put in that store. So make a better option for us. Okay, last but not least, I know we have touched on this a lot in this discussion, but if you don't mind, what advice or tips would you give students to be more eco-friendly? I think my piece of advice would be that nothing is so insignificant that it's not worth doing. I think the smallest thing is always worth it. Even just, you know, skipping meat at one meal or not taking a plastic bag when there's no other bags and then just carrying the items home. Like all these small things do have a good impact on the planet. And even though it might not have groundbreaking results that we need these like large corporations to do for us, it can still, it can still add up and make a difference. Kind of echoing what Jacob had said earlier, I think getting, being a college student, we have a lot of opportunities to kind of share our voices and get involved. And I think getting involved, local politics are very important, especially in the realm of environmental policy and stuff. And I think just the fact that we have the ability to get involved is something that's very important. And it might not necessarily reduce your individual carbon footprint, but it's something that in the long term will have a lot, like a, a large scale effect. But in the realm of like, being a college student, reducing your college foot, your, your carbon footprint. I mean, we have access to public transit and stuff, walking places when we can, because we're in a kind of micro urban setting, walking, biking, just, I also, one thing I've kind of found a lot of is like, I produced a lot of food waste when I lived at home. And I think just like, since you're buying for yourself, try to buy what you know you'll eat. Like, that's just like, that's kind of something that like, I've seen a lot and like, just obviously like turning off your lights and stuff. And like, if you're living in an apartment and like, you need to get a light bulb, you could always like, I know like there's a specific type of bulb that like uses like less energy, like kind of doing like small, like the small stuff you can do. Like Olivia was saying, like, just live by your means, I guess is the best way to sum up what I'm trying to say and get involved. <laughs> yeah. Building off of both of what you guys said, there's this quote I love and it's, we don't need a handful of people doing zero waste perfectly. We need everybody doing it imperfectly and anything you do or try it's, it does have an impact and it is good to do. Even if you feel like what you're doing is just like a drop in the bucket. If everybody is doing that, like the whole bucket will be full and like 
you know, we'll, we can work towards a more sustainable future. And also just on an individual level, like, like I said before, um, looking for zero waste swaps, shopping sustainably secondhand when you can, especially as college students, you know, we're moving apartments or places where we're living a lot and they might not be furnished. So like a bunch of that stuff you can find secondhand, Facebook marketplace. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But the biggest point I want to make is trying to be sustainable and thinking about it is better than doing nothing. And your actions do matter and will make a difference. I totally agree. Like everyone feels like their life is so menial, but that's not true. Like I really like this example because we we all need to just make a small change in our life. That's why I say like people like going vegan, it's a great option, but that's not a sustainable option for everyone in the world and that it's a privilege to be vegan. So I always like to think about, wait, let's take a step back. Like if you're vegan and like we want to consume less animal products because it will help the environment and it's ethical that we can look at things like Starbucks. Oh, they have the impossible sandwich now. Wow. Or Burger King or Taco Bell or all of these other large corporations. They hear us that the people keep continuously making these small changes that they hear us and they're doing something to change it. So that makes me really happy. I feel like as a college student, something, something that would work really well is I know uh, I just live in Madison at just some random apartment. And when you get your first electricity bill, they usually will give you two options. You can either pay the base rate for regular electricity using using non-renewable resources, or you can pay, I think it's only maybe 10 cents more a month or something like that. It's so small to use sustainable and like sustainable energy. So like all of my energy that comes to run my apartment comes from like solar panels and wind power. I didn't need to do that. It was the easy option. So that's a great example as to something you can do so easily to make such a big change. Another thing that I would say is you need to realize the world is around you and that you need to see that you only have one world and that you need to get your head out of the gutter and you need to realize that we are all one collective nature and that that makes sustainability so much easier to think about that why would I hurt another creature if we are at the same point in our lives that we need to stop this hierarchy that we currently have bring us all down to the same level and say, look at this. Why would I want to hurt something if I can do it? So it doesn't hurt anybody. So it's neutral so that everyone can be happy and live sustainably together. I think that's a great point. Educating yourself is really important because it is like heartbreaking to see all the things that we do that we don't even realize are affecting other people and the animals so badly. Like in third world countries, like we, in one of my classes, we watched a video where it was talking about electronic waste that the U.S. produces and that it just gets shipped to these third world countries. And that's all they do there. All they do in this third world country is recycle the valuable metals that are in the electronic waste and it creates pollution like waste there's just waste everywhere like there's i don't know like in the video there wasn't a tree in sight no grass no nature like basically nothing and it's 
so sad to see. And I think that's really important to realize because once you can start to see that our actions really affect people and the world, you'll be motivated to change. Awesome. Those are some great advice and tips you guys have mentioned. And hopefully our listeners will start doing stuff like that. To wrap up our discussions here, thank you guys so much for taking the time to have such a meaningful discussion with me. I know I definitely learned a lot from you guys today, and I'm sure our listeners did as well. Please keep up the good work you guys have been doing. Wish you guys the best of luck uh, in your endeavors in uh, preserving Mother Nature. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Ken. I appreciate this time that we were able to share together. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions about our program, please contact us at podcast at badgerherald.com. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Please stay tuned for more episodes. I'm your host, Ken, at the Badger Herald. This is the Badger Herald Podcast. This episode is edited by Keegan Schlosser. The script is prepared by Jeffrey Deese, Quincy Croner, and myself. Thank you, Malian Medina and Emma Grant for contributing to this episode. It would have not been possible without your input.